Hello! Welcome to Chance Time! <laughs> I hope I didn't say that too loud or it cuts cut me off or anything. It wasn't loud enough. I think we should start over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Everyone, one, two, three. Hello! Welcome to Chance Time! No one, not even followed. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know you were talking to me or the listeners. I, I, oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. Everyone at home, please, I hope you said hello. Welcome to Chance Time. Uh, we have with us Paul Bills. Hello. And Curtis Lowe. Amiibo. <laughs> I finally wow. watched that video the other day. <laughs> it wasn't the pause that really got me when I watched it. Okay. It's like how it suddenly the video just ended. It was amiibo oh, yeah, and then yeah. just cut. It, it was done. It was awkward. It was such a weird way to end the video. Yeah, I 100% agree. Oh, man. Uh,. Not that it's that important, but I'm Ryan Speakman as well. And welcome to Chance Time. <laughs> <laughs> um, how are you guys doing today? Oh, doing good. Great. No, just, just great. Yeah. It sounds like everything is the best. It's just swell, <laughs> you know? Everything is the best. Good. Well, speaking of everything being the best, let's go to one thing. That the thing <laughs> is the one of things. Uh, let's uh, let's have Curtis go first this okay. time. Well, I'm officially into Bloodborne. Woo! You did it. You've you've fallen. Yeah, I only I've just I just barely beat the first boss, like just barely. And it's Pretty just, good. it's just fun, man. <laughs> I miss that feeling of, you know, and yeah, I've, I didn't realize how much I missed the feeling of beating up this giant monster that kicks your butt and you finally beat it. That just feels so good. <laughs> well, wasn't it so. just like a few weeks ago that you were way into Dark Souls? Yeah, but I like Bloodborne better, I think. Okay. So I'm going to focus on Bloodborne. So... So I beat Dark, the first Dark Souls, and then I kind of dabbled a little bit in the the second and third one. Then I got Bloodborne when it was on sale, and I just Bloodborne's so much more fun to me. So. Yeah, it always seemed more fun to me. Just the the faster pace. Yeah. And the less focus on stats. Yeah, that's a lot of fun, and the weapons are interesting too. I thought instead of just you know your typical swords. I see you get giant swords in Dark Souls. That's pretty cool. But this time I have a giant axe, and that's pretty sweet. It's just fun. And there's, you know, it just has those moments of not even with bosses when you over, you finally beat a boss that's been kicking your butt for a while. I even had a time when a, um, I accidentally fell into like these sewers. There was just a hole in the ground behind these boxes, and I fell through the hole. And then, like, all of a sudden, there are rats and these like werewolf dudes everywhere. And I managed to get through everything, you know, and find my way back up. And then I was lost and I looped, ended up looping all the way back around to the first lantern you find. And that's a good feeling, too. So other Dark Souls didn't have that kind of looping level design. But this, uh, I already found it in Bloodborne. 
I looped all the way around after I was lost and I couldn't figure out where to go. And I was like, crap, I'm going to die all the way out here. Then I got to figure out how to get all the way back here to get my stuff when I die. And then I found the lantern and it was just like a sweet moment, man. That's a cool wow. game. So if anyone's hasn't ever played Bloodborne, it's a good time. Yeah. Have you played it, Paul? I I have not. But okay. I'm I've seen many a pixel dedicated to its praises. So I I know people love it, but I have not played it myself. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. Also like the just the general aesthetic, the uh setting and stuff. It almost feels like it feels like Van Helsing to me. You got your quicksilver bullets in your gun and stuff instead of, you know, to stun people when they attack you and all that kind of stuff. It's just the combat's cool. I don't know, man. It's just sweet. It's a cool game. Yeah, definitely on my list of catching up to PlayStation. I would hope that eventually someday they do like a remaster or something because as good as the game is, it's still not, doesn't run as well as I would hope it would, you know? I feel like there's a little bit of stuttering and frame rate issues every once in a while, mm-hmm. which is a real bummer. Yeah. I think visually it looks fine. It's just, you know, when you get into combat and stuff, and there's just so much going on in the screen sometimes that I feel like the game just has a hard time keeping up, and that's a, kind of a bummer deal. So I can see why people are really hoping for a remaster on the PS5 or a PC release and all that kind of stuff. It's a bummer it hasn't happened yet. Well, we'll all hold out hope. Yeah. Do you think do you think that will come before or after Elden Ring? <laughs> At this point, I'm a little worried it'd be never. <laughs> probably after. It'll probably be remastered for PS PlayStation 6. It's probably what it'll be. It'll be a Demon yeah, Soul situation. Like, yeah, like where they'll skip Souls, PS5 yeah. and then just go to the next PlayStation. <laughs> I think Elden Ring will be the new PlayStation 6. Oh. It's and a launch Bloodborne title. We'll run on that. <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. Uh, all right, Paul. What do you got for us? Uh, so, did I? I don't remember. Did I talk about Assassin's Creed? Um, odyssey i don't remember if i did but i played that i finished that um i know we talked about it yeah but but i I don't think it was i don't remember if we recorded talking about it i feel like you talked about that last week i remember right yeah okay well i finished it congrats weirdest like most abrupt ending of i think any video game i've ever played (laughs) like there there were like credits never rolled but all of a sudden i got this pop-up that was like congratulations on finishing the main story you can now play new game plus and i was like oh i guess we're counting that as the end like we're just agreeing that that was the end of this interesting (laughs) (laughs) like it it kind of like wrapped up the story but like it seemed like it wrapped up way too easily. I like expected like one final like twist and then like a here's the real ending. But no. Huh. We're just we're just not gonna do that. 
Um, so then uh, I got Assassin's Creed Valhalla for Christmas, and so I finally started that. When you and... started it, did it include the credits of Odyssey when you started it? <laughs> That's the first yeah, screen you it see. It did not. It did not. <laughs> Odyssey credits Maybe. part two. Maybe the credits are in the DLC that I didn't play. <laughs> um, so I started Odyssey or Valhalla, which I already think I like more than Odyssey. Like Odyssey wasn't bad, but Valhalla is just clicking better for me. I think I just like the setting better and um, just the tweaks of the system so far are good. But the thing I want to highlight as my one thing is in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, there is a made up viking game made up viking like dice game that's like a mini game that you can play like when you go into towns um you can find the person playing this game and and challenge them to a game and it's called orlog and the second i started reading the rules i was like no way is this a historically accurate game like there's no way that Vikings played anything like this. This is 100% <laughs> made up by game designers in 2019 or 2020, whatever they were making it. And they think it feels Viking, but it just does not. And so I looked it up, and sure enough, um, they were like, yeah, we know Vikings played dice games, but we couldn't find any rules. So we just wanted to make something that felt authentic to the time. But the problem is it's like, it's like a dice game where you can get like different favors from gods and you have like favor tokens and it has like hit points and just all these like really modern game design ideas. And I was like, I, I I can't believe you guys thought this felt like an old game, like something like chess or checkers or nine men's Morris, which I thought was a Viking game. So why didn't they do that? Um, Or I believe that one's a Roman one actually. Yeah, but I thought it like made it to the Vikings, like the Vikings, the Vikings got it at some point. Like it's originally Roman, but Vikings played it too. I I don't know that, if that's true or not. You probably know more about it than I do. I just <laughs> went off the uh, clubhouse games. Yes, boys <laughs> telling me about it. <laughs> um, or like Moncala. So and like it's trying to be these old games, but it's just so obviously not. And it's like kind of disappointing to me because I was like. That's actually like a cool game design challenge to make something that feels like an old classic game, but isn't. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they were just leaning into what could we sell as a board game? And sure enough, I found an article saying they're planning on selling it as like a physical board game that people can buy. So I think that was the real plan rather than making something that, you know, like truly felt authentically old. But I mean, all that being said, I like the game. Like, I like the dice game they made up. I think it's a cool little game. And I guess that's kind of why I'm disappointed that it doesn't, like, feel historically accurate. Because it would be cool to be like, man, this feels so much like a Viking game and I love it. But I'll just have to settle for it being a cool little dice game inside a game. I'm kind of a sucker for mini games like that. I Some people are, like, annoyed and skip them. But whenever there's, like, mini games inside... Uh, a bigger game, uh, like, I really liked playing Dominoes in Red Dead Redemption 2. I really liked playing Gwent in The Witcher 3. I really liked playing, um, there was a bunch of, like, classic tabletop games in Assassin's Creed 4. I don't know what it is. Like, 
it's just fun to me to like pretend to be this character playing this mini game with people in random towns. It's like a nice combo of experiences that I like. So shout out to to Orlog in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. That's my one. <laughs> I actually do find that really satisfying as well. Oh, just finding like a, a little side game in yeah. an, another game. I, not as good of an example, but I did enjoy in Spider-Man doing the weird puzzles. The connecting little, the lines oh, yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> People hated that, but I was, yeah, I, t- I did all of them. I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah let's I did do all it. Too. <laughs> I had a good time with it. Classic. Hey, all right. Paul, real quick, oh. though. Serious mm-hmm. question for you. Uh, how, where do you find the time to play something like <laughs> Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Valhalla? Well, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I bought like in the middle of 2019. Like, I bought it forever ago and I put in like 20 hours into it and then like got distracted. And then mostly I got back to it because of um, I had a good chunk of time off for Christmas. And so I felt like I could dig back into it. And then you just don't sleep. Uh, you just yeah. go to bed enough. really late a lot of nights in a row until you're done with it. That's yeah. <laughs> so I'm really trying to like scale it back with Valhalla and like pace myself and be like, it's okay if I only play a little bit. Like the game's not going anywhere. I can come back to it, like calm down. Um but yeah, with Odyssey I just like went on this huge like run and just like really pushed through and and just did it but yeah i can't can't do that too often yeah (laughs) and um odyssey actually um, my sons really liked it specifically because you could call the eagle and fly it around so i could play it with my kids a little bit like i had to like be careful what i did while they were with me but i could do some stuff with them so that made it easier too yeah, but I think Valhalla sense. will be harder to to play around the kids, but I don't know. We'll we'll see. Yeah, I was just curious. It's probably gonna take me a while to get through Bloodborne for that exact reason, because yeah, I probably shouldn't play it around my kids. <laughs> <laughs> probably, no, probably I definitely fair. can't. So, <laughs> although I did play it with the, my three month old baby, which made it more stressful to be honest, because he was kind of waking up. So there's like these giant mm. monsters coming at me and there's a baby wiggling in my arms at the same time. Anyway, <laughs> that's a different ever, story. Did you guys ever watch the documentary King of Kong? No. A Fistful of Quarters? No. I never watched it. Okay. It's a great movie. You, yeah, I think I remember you talking about it. But uh, There's one scene where he's attempting to get uh, beat the high score for Donkey Kong, the arcade version. And his kid starts crying and he has this moral dilemma of <laughs> if he's go? going to ruin his high score or take care of his child. And unfortunately, he makes the wrong choice. <laughs> but <laughs> it makes for, I don't know, it's just one of those movies where people get too intense about a thing that doesn't matter. And I mm. think it's great. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny, though. Um, well, my one thing is a pretty, pretty standard one. I uh, played a lot of video. I think I've been trying 
I realize maybe I've been trying to catch up on what people call their backlog. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up playing like a lot of stuff this past week. Um, but they were mostly like shorter experiences, like Untitled Goose Game and What the Golf. And I started Ratchet and Clank to prepare for the new one coming out at some mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Um, it's supposed to be soon, I thought. Like, yeah. They only said like... launch window, so we'll never know yeah. what that means. Um, but the one that stuck is one that I have been putting off for a long time, knowing that if I start it, my life will be gone. Uh, and that's a little game called Factorio. You guys familiar with this one? Uh, I have seen it, but I don't really know what it is. Yeah, I only know it's something about a factory. That's yeah. mostly just so, the title. <laughs> I like to think of it as a very sophisticated cookie clicker. <laughs> 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 okay. Where it's it's basically a real-time strategy game with still has combat but a lot less focus on the combat and more on the resources and building things and so you just kind of start with an a pickaxe and you mine your your materials and then you're able to build a furnace out of stone then you uh start melting some iron in there get your iron plates then you can start building drillers that run off coal and so then you can start drilling for material rather than uh, manually using your pickaxe. And then eventually you get to uh, basically anything you can build within the game, you can automate the production of it. Okay. It just takes time to get, like get all the resources to make something for the first time. But you can eventually get electricity um and then have that power your electric drillers and then have it automatic all your like coal let's say or your iron go onto a conveyor belt that then goes to some other things and little hands i i'm not doing a good job of explaining <laughs> this but it's i wish i could cuz it's crazy all the stuff you can do um but it's basically you can make these elaborate contraptions in order to continually like grow your production. Mm-hmm. And then at one point I needed to build a factory to make like science potions to put in. <laughs> I potions. feel like I sound like an insane person, uh, but like you can, make potions to fuel your research and like do research and development faster to learn how to make new things. And so, sorry, can I ask a quick question? Please is this do. Like, You'll probably per- save me a little bit. Is this like persistent, like a sim city, like over time, or is it like played in rounds, like an RTS game? Like you start with nothing no, real time. Uh, Sorry, it keeps okay. going though. Like it doesn't. You don't get to like a goal. Your goal is you... to leave the planet. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. So your goal is to build a rocket ship, essentially. 
But like, how much playtime does it take to leave the planet? I looked it up on how long to beat the famous website. It said average time is 40 to 50 hours. Oh, okay. Okay. So like, okay. So you're like a whole run of the game is getting off. Okay. I get it. Yes. But like, for instance, while you're building all this, uh, there's a mechanic where you're creating pollution and the Mm -hmm. inhabitants of the planet, which are these alien bugs, if the pollution reaches them, it triggers them to come start destroying your base. So you also have to take care of them while you're continually trying to. And that's the combat you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. And, And so it's got your basic, like you set up turrets so you can buy yourself some time, but then you can upgrade your, your guns and things like that. And could you just upgrade your factory so you don't pollute the planet? I think you can do that. I haven't gotten that far it into just it take yet. Forever to be environmentally fr- friendly. <laughs> yeah, but that's extra work. You don't owe these the... bug aliens anything, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, not to go into details because I fear I'm fear of being confusing again. But. Uh, in order to make my research like production go faster, it took me like a solid 45 minutes to an hour to figure out like mini factories that I had to build to all kind of make it work. But once I did, it was very satisfying. <laughs> um, and that's just, it's just one of those games that's very satisfying when you like you know you have the means to do a lot of things, but you're not quite sure how to do it, and then you start experimenting, and then all of a sudden you're building 20,000 iron plates per hour. <laughs> and it's just, how I don't know how How big of a rocket it... ship do you have to build to get off this planet? <laughs> <laughs> if you're building 20,000 no iron if I'll make plates it that far. and stuff. That sounds like a giant rocket ship. Yeah, but I mean, there's more that goes into it than the iron plates. <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't know. I guess I'm you not. I'm have, not a rocket scientist at all. So you have I iron plates to make iron plates. Exactly. Gotcha. To make bigger iron plates. <laughs> Eventually, so you only need probably one iron plate to cover the whole ship. <laughs> Those are really big ones. Okay, that makes sense. I get it now. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. You just build a, a large iron ladder that goes to your planet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I suggest it's one where you have to, like if I was in junior high on summer vacation, I could waste my entire summer vacation playing this. <laughs> but as a a functioning adult in society. It's a little harder to to manage, but you can also have multiple people playing at once. That's cool. And I think you can have like up to like 500 people at once <clears throat> in the same map. So what? <laughs> like working on the same factory. Yeah. Just on the same planet. That sounds really Me cool. And, actually. Uh, so would you still yeah. be trying to build the same rocket ship to get off? Yes. Okay. That's cool. And so my buddy 
Jonah and I were playing and he was kind of focusing on military and taking care of the bugs while I was kind of working on other stuff. That sounds actually a lot of fun. Yeah, I I had a blast. Up to 500 people. So are there like streamers who play this game and get like all their... Oh, that so. seems me... that sounds chaotic to have all of your uh, yeah. Twitch, Twitch stream with like 499 of your followers just like jumping in on your map and doing stuff. Okay, let me let me rephrase the max players. Um, uh, it's, it um, says, "Well, wait, wait for me to blow your mind." <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> the hard limit for players. This is the wiki dot factorio dot com. The hard limit for the number of players is sixty five thousand five hundred thirty five. Oh my gosh! However, practical <laughs> limit for this is much lower. Popular streamers have managed slightly over a hundred players, so maybe it's not five hundred, but you That's can still a lot of people potentially get sixty five thousand in there. <laughs> Why doesn't someone just make it their one goal in life? I wonder how fast you could beat that game if you were like managed to coordinate that many people. There is an achievement to build the rocket ship under eight hours, so maybe maybe that helps getting more people in there. All right, are you guys ready to get into? our topic for the day. Yeah. I was going to ask about these bug aliens and their backstory and this whole story of how they are just letting some random alien on their planet build stuff until they start polluting everything. And they're like, we just got to take this guy out. <laughs> I want to learn more about those guys, but we'll do that another time. <laughs> yeah. I can say that you crash land on this planet. Yeah, I'm uh, just trying to imagine like aliens crash landing on our planet. And we're like, it's fine. Just build your ship and leave, and we'll just leave you alone. And then, you know, like our water starts turning purple or something. We're like, hold up. Okay, <laughs> that's enough of you. <laughs> Let's take them out. <laughs> and then we just all swarm together yeah, and eat their just, machinery. All these people just walking towards their base, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. Good stuff. No, you're good. <laughs> Let's get into it. This is now this is now a Factorio podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, this is something I wanted to talk about. We'll see how much uh, how much content we can get out of this one, but <laughs> I do have some some interesting things about it that I want to talk about. Uh, the topic for today is video game collecting. Uh, and it's something that's always fascinated me as a, uh, the earliest instance I can remember of me liking to collect stuff is in second grade, wanting to get every Lion King Happy Meal toy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and I think, Ever since then, collecting has just been something that I've always enjoyed doing, whether I want to or not, whether I realize I'm collecting something or not. Um, but just real quick, I want to get your guys' take on what 
the definition of a collector and more specifically a video game collector is. Real quick, that just reminded yes. me of Burger King back in the day when they had Dragon Ball Z toys. And I remember trying to get those, all of those too. <laughs> <laughs> Did you succeed? Nah, I don't think so. Okay. I feel like yeah, they had different colors, like golden, gold and silver ones. ones and stuff. <laughs> I don't really remember. But... <laughs> yeah. Um, but a video game, I don't know. I feel like there's different collector terms or like different ways you can define a collector. If it's like a retro game collector or some people like decide on a system when they're like, okay, I'm going to get all the games in that library kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there's a lot of different ways to define a collector. If it's like, you think of, <clears throat> uh, we're going to plug him again on this podcast. I'm pretty sure we've talked about him before. Scott the Waz. remember mm-hmm. watching his video of his game room or something. And he has like all these bookshelves of all, all these games that he's collected. And <laughs> he just buys games just to have them for like his Wii. I remember watching a video about Wii chess from like Europe that he went out of his way to buy because he thought it was cool or whatever. <laughs> That's like full-on, all-in video game collector, you know? Yeah. So there's that. But then there's the people who just, you know, I don't know, collect the classics, that kind of stuff. I don't know. There's a lot of different ways I feel like you could define a video game collector. There's people who collect systems and display them, all the special edition systems. and you know, they got those just for display. For sure. Yeah, I guess there's people who like want to have the physical collection to like I guess I'm trying to feel like what are the motivations of the different types of collectors? Like, I I don't care about having, like, a physical collection to show off, but I do care about, like, understanding as, as wide of, <clears throat> like, a set of video games as possible. So I kind of, like, collect in the sense that, like, I'm always picking up information about different kinds of games and, like, trying different things. And, like, I want to be, like, I collect, like, information more than, like, any sort of like collectible quote unquote but yeah so there's like different motivations i think and some people collect because they think you know that these games aren't going to be preserved by anybody so it's up to up to us to make sure that these games are remembered which i think is also really important then some people collect because they want to be like surrounded like you know they kind of want to have their home and their environment be a testament to you know the worlds they love so they want that stuff all over the place so you know they're reminded of it and other people can see it when they come to their house so there's like lots of different motivations behind collecting and all its different forms i think yeah so just for fun as you're you guys are saying these things i'm sort of kind of typing a list of what uh what types of collectors there are mm-hmm. so so far we've got curtis has mentioned the completionists who want to have the whole collection uh paul you mentioned the preservers preserving history 
mm-hmm. things like that, or the people who show what they love and what they care about. So it's obvious that people know. Um, would you say it's the same thing? Someone who has it as sort of like a talking piece in their home, like they love it, but they also like if someone else likes that same thing, they can have like that to kind of spark a conversation or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that totally. Uh, yeah, it kind of fits with like the I want it around me. I want yeah. My, um. And I think, like, I guess this goes with completionists, but there's the people who want to, like, be the biggest fan. Like, they want to mm, yeah. show their dedication. Like, some people are just like, I I have to finish it. I started it, I have to finish it. But other people are like, no, I want to show everybody that I love this more than anyone else in the world, so I'm going to have all of the things, that, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. like, not just games, kind of but action figures yeah. and and uh right amiibo and, the, and stuff. the vinyl soundtrack <laughs> yeah all that the statues the and posters the... yeah 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 this is uh this is very interesting as being introspective about this as you guys are saying all these <laughs> things because i think of something like a game like Cuphead mm-hmm. where I don't have a physical copy of it, but I love the art and I love the music. And so I do have the vinyl record of that soundtrack, <laughs> but I don't think it was because I wanted to show I loved it more than anyone else. Mm-hmm. I just love listening to that music and it seems to fit on like an a record player. Mm-hmm. Right. More than other soundtrack. Like I don't know if I would buy like a a, a vinyl for let's say like a chip tune soundtrack or something like that cuz it doesn't seem like it would fit that sound. Right. But I do also have like Cuphead toys on my bookcase. But I I kind of look at it more as like a talking piece where like if someone else loves Cuphead, they can be like, oh, that's cool. You like Cuphead. And then I can talk to him about it or something. I don't know. But yeah. maybe, it, maybe it is me expressing my love for Cuphead <laughs> that I'm the best Cuphead fan there is. <laughs> I do think the like connection angle is another one, like especially like apparel, like people want to wear T-shirts and hoodies and stuff because they want that moment where they're walking around and someone's like, Hey, cool shirt. And it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. We both like this. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's get married. <laughs> let's get... <laughs> That's the main reason usually. Yeah. <laughs> the let's get married angle. And you know, it just happens every day. People see someone wearing an overwatch shirt and they're married two days later. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember I feel like the first time I ever tried to show off any kind of collection I have, though, like, you know, like display it. it was actually in college, like my, either my first or second semester. And I took thumbtacks and put them up on the wall, you know, 
like pairs and then i would set my xbox 360 game cases on there up on the wall and this is like in the like main like living room area of our apartment i have no idea why any of my roommates let me do this <laughs> i had like halo and borderlands and stuff up on the wall and i thought it was cool you know and people come over and like oh halo that's rad man at least that was the reasoning in my head. I, I still don't know why, because that's like a public space for like, you know, six guys. Like, I don't know why they let me do that, but I did as, for some reason. As someone yeah. who knew your roommates, I think it makes perfect sense yeah. why they let you do it. <laughs> you probably actually saw that. I don't know if you remember I don't remember it. that, actually. That Now that I'm thinking about it, that would have been my second semester. when uh, That's way funny. Rhett was there. You remember Rhett, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've never really displayed anything like that since, though. Yeah. Well, I would actually disagree with that, Curtis. Why is that? Uh, because I've been to your house before. And I have two Amiibo on my computer desk. Mm, it's not just that. I first want to bring up our, our text, <laughs> text thread today. Uh, where I suggested this is the topic, or this was yesterday. And Paul was the first to chime in, saying, that sounds good to me. I'm not much of a collector myself, but maybe that'll make for a good discussion. So immediately out of the gate, Paul denies himself to be a collector. <laughs> <laughs> then we got Curtis, who says... Uh, More, uh, eventually he says, that being said, I don't really collect a lot of games. So another denier, do you <laughs> think there's a stigmatism around being a collector that's negative? I don't. Is it something that you don't want to be associated with, or you just don't think of yourself as someone who collects things? video games specifically. I, I think there are certain like collectibles that people don't want to be associated with. Like Okay. Like Funko. <laughs> like people like no, Funko is stupid. Do not support that. Like it's just <laughs> like I don't know. It's just like brainwashed fandom. Mm. Um and I like I like my brother and his wife are huge gamers but they are anti-collectibles. Like, if okay. you bought them a collectible, they would be, like, upset that you did that. They, they're like, <laughs> I dare don't you. <laughs> don't give it to me. I do not want this Amiibo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, I don't know if there's, like, a... Like, I don't think people like judge others for being collectors but there are certainly some people who are like that's that's not my thing that's not the kind of gamer or fan i am like i'm not gonna spend ridiculous amounts of money on something that's not like the core experience so i don't know like yeah maybe maybe those people do judge collectors hard to say yeah i I would agree. I I kind of have a very conflicting, uh, you know, sense of it's just like a two conflicting things in my life where I don't 
like clutter. And so I don't like if getting a Funko Pops um, would uh, like there's too many of those. Mm-hmm. Where I would have to start, um, I would have to start making space for that, and like right. having tons of because there's just too many. And even if I only focused on the Funko Pops of like things I liked, I still still feel like it would be too much. Yeah, and I do kind of have to scale myself back a little bit with the things I choose to collect. And sometimes I collect things and then for basically not to have clutter in my house, they just end (laughs) up in like bins in my closet. Right. So I don't have to like see them all, but sometimes I have like stuff, stuff displayed as long as it's in like a classy way. Yeah. Um, or not even classy, but just like a clean looking way. Like I don't want to have like every video game I own be lined upon the shelves of every mm-hmm. facet of my room or anything like that. Um, but I don't know. I can't remember where I was going with that. Do you remember? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounds like, because you're talking about how you want to avoid clutter, which seems like the opposite of collecting. But it makes sense because you want to display what you collect in a non-cluttered way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I did recently go through and just throw away a bunch of stuff, including boxes that I realized I didn't need. Yeah. I actually called Curtis about it. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> it made me realize I could probably throw away my Wii U box that's been sitting under the stairs for a few years. Yeah. And the Switch box that's under there and the Steam Link box that's under there for some reason still. <laughs> that's not important, uh, but it's there. Um, this discussion has made me think of a different like kind of collecting. Okay. Which I guess this goes along with like the completionist that we were talking about earlier, but there's also people who love to collect like in game, um, like skins and like things people, like that. Yeah, people who need to fill out the Pokedex, people who, yeah, like super care about like having the coolest skin on their character, people who play those like gotcha mobile games where it's like, I have to have my five-star hero from, like, uh, what is that game called? Fire Emblem Heroes? Like, I have to have mm. the best ones. I have to have the ones I really like. Um, so, like, I think, like, a few years ago, the idea of, like, digital collecting was kind of, like, people were like, who would pay money for just digital items? But I think that's more and more normalized now, and people do pay money for purely digital items that will never be physical, but it's an important part of their collection. No, for sure. Yeah. And that's, 
that's kind of why I kind of feel like not everyone, but a lot of people who play video games have some sort of collecting aspect in their personality. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I, don't I do know about that personally. <laughs> I feel like, okay. cause I feel like there's the people who play games who, you know, they buy a game, they play through it and then they're done. So they sell it to buy another game and they do the selling thing, you know? Yeah. Once they're done with the game, they're done with it. They don't want it around anymore. They see it as a way, you know, like you could sell it back, get some money to put towards another game you'd want to play. Which yeah, I are definitely agree. Not collectors in any sense, in my opinion. Mm, I disagree with that, though. <laughs> I well, think why they're not keeping they're, any games. <laughs> yeah, but they're collecting more experiences than other people by cycling through games as fast as possible. <laughs> but you wouldn't want to call someone who watches like every movie in the theater when they come in like a, a like a collector of movies. Mm, I might may start just to prove my point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> they're certainly they're certainly an enthusiast. Yeah. Or, I yeah I eat every a, candy a possible. I'm not a collector of candies. But you're a collector of the candy experience. <laughs> I like to try every Mountain Dew flavor. That doesn't make me a collector of Mountain Dew, does it? Uh, I think when you build castles out of the cans in your okay. house, I that, think it those does. are those are days of, you know, that was in the past. I'm a new, I'm a new person now. <laughs> also, we're, we're, I live we're in deep. I live in a house where I have a wife who would definitely would not stand for a tower of Mountain Dew cans. And also a four-year-old and a two-year-old who would knock that thing over so fast. <laughs> I I didn't mean to say that as like a judgy comment. No, I actually no, I just... enjoyed going to your guys' house and seeing your collection of Mountain Dew no, cans. I, I enjoyed seeing how high we could get that thing, how tall we could get it, and lining the tops of our cupboards with just 12 packs of Mountain Dew. We had a real problem. <laughs> um, yes, you guys got me. That is not a collector. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I think for the most part, someone who loves video games usually does kind of. Well, I think there's an assumption by the people who make games that gamers have like a collecting instinct, like that's why achievements are a thing that's why like that's why when you when like you talk about gamification of like non-game things the main thing that people think gamification is is badges and like collecting mm. and like showing off your collection like yeah, so there's definitely true. a perception even though not all gamers are collectors that it like it's it's deeply associated in a lot of people's minds that like oh you're a gamer you you must want to get all the things like i don't know what exactly that why that connection has happened but it, it's definitely there i wonder if it's because of there's like a physical aspect is i don't know how many people that i describe to play a game and then sell it and buy a new one to play you know and don't really own lots of games in their house because they buy and sell and kind of get through them i don't know okay. how many of those people exist you know yeah like i would really want to do a poll earlier on 
yeah, I w- I'd really love to do a poll now to see how many people, you know, play their games like that and how many other people play their games and then keep them indefinitely for however long, you know. Yeah. They have no intention like... of selling it. They play it and beat it and enjoy it and then they put it on their shelf to look at it and think, yeah, that was a fun game. And maybe a few years <laughs> they'll pop it back in, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um yeah. go ahead, Paul. I was just gonna say I know people who have said right out, like, I don't buy a game unless I'm sure I I will want to keep it forever. Um, oh, that's really interesting to me. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm de- I'm definitely not that way. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do we count digital libraries as collections? I personally do, but I, I kind of want to give you guys uh, this take. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, Steam has a lot built into it now to, like, help you brag about your collection. Like, it's one of the stats on your profile in Steam is how many items you have in your library. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some people are really proud of their like steam number um i definitely know that people are yeah so yeah i think game library even a digital library more and more is an important like way to collect especially on something like steam where physical games are like basically impossible <laughs> yeah you yeah. can't buy physical like, games of pc yeah, games anymore they don't even yeah it they doesn't don't work make those. so but i uh, definitely steam is the big that might switch too but steam i remember when i first got in the steam when i first got a laptop that could play games like at all really and i discovered what humble bundle was this was yeah, i don't know eight years ago now and I remember it's a dangerous just thing. every time a new Humble Bundle would pop up, it'd be like, heck yeah, here's a dollar and get like five games for it, you know? <laughs> and then like Steam Summer Sale came around. And that, that was like back when it was a really like, you could get games for dirt cheap, like good games for dirt cheap. I remember on the Summer Sale back in the day. And I just, and that was like my first year of Steam gaming. I was like, this is insane. And I was buying all of these <laughs> games that I've never touched but they're so cheap and I could buy them. So I did. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't good. Cause I, yeah. so I figure in my opinion, if I don't have any intention of actually playing a game, there's no reason for me to buy it, which that's what that, that year taught me that summer. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it's a similar thing though? If a game is so cheap, so you buy it because it's cheap and then play it once and never touch it again. Well, I feel like as long as I get my money's worth out of it, you know, <laughs> but sometimes so if it's a dollar, if it's 50 cents, I'll buy it and try it out and see if it's any good or not. Okay. Well, it's worth an attempt. Ask, let me ask you this. What about purely free games? Will you, like, if there's a free game, you open Epic Game Store or Twitch or something and there's a and you just have to click uh, claim. Yeah. Do you always claim it no matter what? Yes. Or do you think I'll <laughs> never play this? Why even claim it? No, I always claim those because <laughs> it's free. <laughs> and then I always think, I don't know, maybe sometime I'll get around to it. Yeah. All I gotta do is click this button, 
<laughs> it's there. <Yeah. laughs> that was my attitude at first, but I, I'm cooling off now. Like, if it's like, there's just no way, even if I had all the time in the world, I would ever play this game. I I back off now. I wasn't yeah. that way at first, but yeah, I totally to understand that. Because there's some games I remember claiming, I don't even know what the heck this thing is. I've never heard of it in my life. I don't understand what type of game it is. No idea. Claim. It's mine. <laughs> I Going off of that, and this just speaks to the type of insane person I am. I uh, For PlayStation... I decided to just go all digital and I think I kind of treat it like a collection where I do have my list of all the like classic PlayStation four games that came out that I want to get to. And there are a few I have bought that I plan on playing that I haven't, uh, haven't touched it. Um, haven't touched them yet, but I will eventually. But I kind of look at it and like, okay, these are all the ones I'm going to play. But then uh, I don't think he'll ever listen to this, so I'm going to say it. Well, one time my friend came over and <laughs> was waiting for me and downloaded Apex, Le Apex Legends on there, a game that, in all, all honesty, I'll probably never play, which is, uh, which is fine. But... It just kind of bugs me that it's there in my right. list of games and I can't get rid of it. You can't yeah. just uninstall um, it? Does the icon stay there if you uninstall it? Well, yes, it's still in my like library, yeah. technically. Uh, that's funny. And similarly, when someone put a Sekiro disc in and used my profile for a few seconds and then went to their own, that Sekiro... <laughs> icon will never go away now. now yeah and it's not a big deal at all but it just is kind of like mm, this isn't really part of my collection that's weird that the but playstation there. won't let you get rid of it i know the switch lets you get rid of it yeah if you I don't completely know. uninstall and delete the game from your switch like the icon's just gone i think maybe on playstation 4 you could do that and maybe on playstation 5 maybe that's what it is because i feel like i uninstalled like yeah, the modern warfare yeah. whatever it's called the battle royale one Warzone, and stuff like that oh, yeah, yeah. when i first got it i didn't really have much to play on it so i downloaded it and i like played it once and i was like oh that's fine and then I realized it took up like half my hard drive because it's giant for some reason. <laughs> so then I deleted it. That's, and I'm pretty sure it's not on there anymore. Yeah, why is it so big? It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> every, every Call of Duty game is just... Must be like half spyware for the government or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's the last one I played was like Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> so I wouldn't know. <laughs> Uh, by the way, for the listener at home, I gave up on making the list of the types of collectors. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Real quick, Curtis. I've gone to your house, and I see your various systems displayed in your entertainment center <laughs> in such a way that it shows me that you're proud of them. Yeah. 
And to me, that's kind of like a collector mentality type of thing. And I would argue that the the claiming all the free games and stuff and I don't know, the digital library, I feel like is a the sign of a collector as well, where they want a variety and that's like a different type of collector, I think, but I think it still counts. I think it does. I think you're right. I just don't like identify as a collector because in my head, yeah, yeah, yeah. a collector is like one of the An guys insane, who, <laughs> not insane, man, but you know, like <laughs> it has a ton of games and, you know, they display them and everything, you know, never gets yeah. rid of any of them. Um, and I guess I kind of was getting to that point with like my Xbox and stuff, but then I sold it and that was all gone. Yeah. Um, but I had quite, I mean, I had a pretty decent stack of Xbox 360 games back in the day before I sold it all. Um, and they were cheap to buy too. So that's probably why I was buying them and I never got around to <laughs> playing a bunch of those. Um, so I don't try to, you know, just buy games just cause they're cheap. Yes. Yeah, I know I don't have enough time to play everything, but like if it's cheap enough to where like, okay, if I play that for a few hours, you know, and I feel like the price is justified for that time frame or whatever, just to give it a shot, I will. Um, yeah. So I could see, like, I could be classified as a collector, I guess, but <laughs> I don't Fair. I don't identify as a collector because I don't go. All right. And, like, all the systems that I have, like, I bought and I've played, the one that is kind of the exception is my 64, but that's, like, from childhood. Mm-hmm. So like I, I can't get rid of it and I don't play it very often. I mean it gets played once in a while, but Yeah. That's another thing that I kinda wanted to bring up real quick is I have mostly gone all digital except for anything Nintendo. And I kind of feel like at this point it's become a tradition uh mm. just for me to like have the physical copy of a Nintendo game just because that was the thing for most of my life. And like, I do enjoy every once in a while breaking out the super Nintendo and playing and looking like someone else who loves super Nintendo. I enjoy showing them the games I have. And then we, maybe every once in a while we'll be like, Oh, let's play this. And I feel like it's just become a tradition at this point where like every new Nintendo system, I kind of like having the library to go along with the rest of my Nintendo stuff. So I guess back to your list of types. Uh, the nostalgic collector. Mm. Where it's like, this is preserving an important time of my life. And yeah. Like, the way things were yeah yeah for sure i would agree with that um but i will say it's i don't think i'll when it comes to something like video games where there will be an infinite amount of them to collect <laughs> i don't it's harder for me to understand someone who wants to get every, every thing that exists. Right. Yeah. And I, I do like to build a collection of ones that are important to me 
personally or ones that I like more, but it gets harder when I hear about people who want to complete the entire GameCube uh, library. Like, wow, that's some dedication that I don't have. Yeah. For sure. But kudos to them. Yeah, I feel like there's some libraries you just can't ever complete. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I did. GameCube is oh, probably doable. Wii U is doable. Probably like <laughs> Nintendo 64. But can you imagine trying to complete the PlayStation 2 library? <laughs> you have like 10 Maddens on there and stuff. Like, that'd be nuts. Yeah. If you were a real fan, you would do it. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fake. I'm not a, I'm no Madden fan, that's for sure. <laughs> well, we're just going to have to find a new co-host who is. Yeah, secrets out. I'm a fake everybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> fake Madden fan here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, everyone who listens to this is looking for Madden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> Where are they going to cover Madden next? Uh, yeah. Ryan, another one to add to your list, though. Because now that we talked about it, I'm thinking about it. Uh, maybe we could help me come up with a name for it. Right now, I'm thinking collector in denial. Maybe no, 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 no. That's a the hoarder. The hoarder. No, let's go. Uh, the casual collector. How's that? Okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. I could go with casual collector. I could be one of those. Because you know, I'm buying yeah. all these places. I got PlayStation Four recently. And I'm buying games for it. I'm trying to, I'm doing my best to stay physical um, because I like having the physical disc in the case and stuff. Um, mm. And so like when I buy a game, I don't have any intention of really selling it. But at the same time, I'm not like going out of my way to buy every game I want to play now because I'm like, I don't have time to get to all of them now. Yeah. But when I have time, I'm going to buy it and play it, you know? Like the Final Fantasy VII remake is like kind of at the top of my list. It is at the top of my list, I'd say. There's a bunch of them at the top of my list is the problem. And it was on sale for 30 <laughs> bucks. And I was like, oh, that's a good deal. But then I held off because I still got to play Bloodborne. Still got to play God of War. Still got to play Horizon. And those are yeah. three pretty big games, you know. So I figured by the time I get through those, maybe Final Fantasy VII will be even cheaper. Maybe like get it for twenty. Who knows? So, yeah, I've had I would that say I'm a casual experience. collector. I don't really have any intention of selling any of my gaming stuff off now because you know I don't have a need to, and I have the means to keeping it around, and I have full intentions of someday when we finish our basement in my house, I want to build bookshelves like full wall length bookshelves around the TV down here. You know. And that's where I'm going to put all my games so people can see them when they come down my basement. So You know I'll be the first to look at that, those shelves. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to put all my games up there. I'm going to put all my board games up there. And I'll put my two Amiibo up there. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Um, such a such a casual collector thing I'm to so, do. I'm a casual. I'm a casual. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, really quick, I was reminded of this documentary I watched like a few months ago. Amazon 
recommended it to me. And boy, what a weird, weird documentary. <laughs> it seemed normal, but the way it was filmed, if the guys who made it are watching this, you will be offended about the things I'm about to say <laughs> <laughs> about your documentary. But you can, it's, you can tell the guy filming it really wanted to make a documentary. And it's about this guy who collects every NES game. He decides to start from scratch and collect every NES game. But the weird part about it is, like, the guy is kind of private. And so they hide some of the details that I would find more interesting. Like, he goes into, like, a pawn shop and finds a really rare game and then says, like, okay, we got the game. I don't really want to say how much I paid for it, but we got it. And then they move on to, like, the next thing. And then, like, during, in the middle of the documentary, he runs out of money, so he has to go back to work. And so <laughs> he's got, like, a month to buy them all, and then, like, two weeks magically disappears because he needs more money to go back to work. Or he goes back to work because he needs more money. But then the weirdest part of the documentary is out of nowhere the guy making the documentary says like, um, so this guy, he never really talks about his dad, but today I got him to talk about his dad on camera. And the guy, he seems like an okay guy, but then when he starts talking about his dad, he talks about how much he like hated his dad and that his dad died and he was so happy that his dad died and i was like what is going Whoa. on <laughs> in this movie and then like the minute that part ends never referenced again <laughs> that has nothing to do with the <laughs> subject of the documentary uh, yeah just... it was just like i think it was like the guy's kind of way of like getting like a deep moment moment to come out of this experience um and I was like interested in it, but it was basically just like them filming them driving around to different pawn shops and <laughs> trying to find all the things. And there was a few like interesting parts where he gets like the rarest games and goes to like private collectors houses and stuff. But it was just such a bizarre, bizarrely made documentary Nintendo quest. If anyone's interested, that's funny. <laughs> I will say so, the whole, so I feel like when someone's trying to collect an entire library like that, mm -hmm. you know, they'll do the whole, they'll say, I'm trying to preserve history kind of a thing. Oh, yeah. Could I, maybe it's a hot take, but some of that history probably isn't worth preserving. <laughs> <laughs> some of those games are probably crap, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I feel like all the important games have been pretty thoroughly preserved for the most part you know to an extent probably not enough but you know what i mean i do know what you mean i don't Who have are an you opinion on to that. decide what's important right. <laughs> 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 like you know the classic nes games are pretty easily accessible on your switch kind of a thing that kind of yeah. thing Granted, you can't own them, which is kind of a bummer, but 
So there's definitely improvement mm-hmm. to be made in that kind of sense, but and and I guess that is an interesting angle. There's you know, what does ownership mean in a digital world? I think there's a lot of people really worried that they don't really own their collection that they really care about. Like there's a lot of concern around like Google Stadia, like yeah. You buy games on Google Stadia. But then what happens if one day Google shuts down Google Stadia and like stuff you bought you can't own anymore because Google took away what you purchased? That's just a really interesting angle on the on the digital collector side that I think there's a lot of unanswered questions there. I definitely agree. And <clears throat> I think that's uh that's a whole topic in it in itself. Yeah. Because I could probably spend hours talking about that. Um, what if Steam ever shuts down? Like, what if they shut cool. down all their servers? I think that's a real possibility, <laughs> actually. Maybe not in the next like decade, but I think eventually. And yeah, it's a very real possibility. I mean, you think of not well. No, I'm gonna save it for when we talk about it. Okay. okay. One day, okay. because yeah. I could get into this for many eons to come. Eons. Um, well, consider right. the last two minutes a preview of a future chance time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the the steam shuts down episode when it actually happens. <laughs> um. All right. Have we gotten everything out of our system for collecting? <laughs> I'd say so. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think we, we've examined many angles. All right. Well, I have a game for us to play. It is called The Price is Independently Right. I wish I could fade this out, but I'm just going to have to abruptly (laughs) stop it. (laughs) Uh, That was, of course, the uh, Price is Right theme covered by Mike Furman. Uh, When looking for the chords to play the Price is Right theme, this was the version that it told me (laughs) to use. So I was very shocked that this was it, but I I very thoroughly enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) So hopefully. You know, the uh, disconnect button is not the first button. Anyways, I have a list of independent games on Steam. And Paul and Curtis, you will be competing against each other to guess the prices of these games. Excellent. All right. Uh, of course, standard prices right rules apply. Uh, which I already forgot. It's no going. You can't over. go over. You can't, you can't go over. Is. Yeah. Oh, uh, maybe we might cancel that because this might be really hard if we do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a dollar, two dollars. Dang it! 
<laughs> We're gonna add a uh, a special rule, though. There are two games that are currently on sale in this list. You may each guess if a game is on sale twice, <laughs> and if you are correct, the other person loses a point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's no so way I'll be able to know. What happens if I'm incorrect? Incorrect in what mm -hmm. sense? That if I say it's on sale and it's not. Nothing. So, okay. But if you just you, can I just say they're all on sale? You only get two guesses. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, two. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's on sale. Every time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Okay, thank you for clarifying that. You are I, very welcome. I'm no longer going to waste my two guesses on the first two games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do you guys want to do this? Do you want me to go through the entire list and you can guess prices? Or should we just go one by one? Actually, I already know. Let's go one by one. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, but I won't tell you which games are on sale until the end. Okay. Okay, sounds good. All right. The first game on the list. Oh, by the way, I didn't look up anything about these games except for the price and name, so I don't know <laughs> what kind of games they are really. Cool. <laughs> so I take it we're not going to know what these games are either. Probably not, but we cool. need to look them up. If, if there's a few that sound interesting, we can look them up and give a quick, uh, our quick thoughts on it. Okay. All right. First on the list. Bean climb. <laughs> okay. Bean climb. <laughs> yes. Bean, bean climb. Is this like beanstalk? You like can also ask me. beans. <laughs> <laughs> you may also ask me. I will not be telling you where punctuation is, <laughs> but you can ask me about any punctuation uh -oh. that you think might be there. <laughs> Is Bean like the name of the character? It says Bean, climb. Is that what you're getting at? Hold on. Let me, I'll look these up while you guys are mulling <laughs> over things just so we have a little more clarification. Okay. And I mean, I'm assuming that's not the case because that wouldn't make any sense. But at the same time, who knows what's on Steam? Yes. And that is very, well, I'm not going to give you any hints. Okay. I just, you just have by name alone, and then I'll tell you what the game is looks like to me. Bean climb. Bean climb. I'm gonna say fifteen dollars. Okay. I'm gonna say five dollars. All right. The actual retail price is it ten? That's gonna be funny. Is $7.99. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Paul gets a point. <sighs> Wait, uh, so, so what's Bean Climb? It, I feel like we have to know. The, here's the description. <laughs> I know this is going to make this longer than it needs to be, but I need to know what Bean Climb is. <laughs> what kind well, of beans are we talking about? <laughs> the dis official description is a hard torture during <laughs> a dark night. <laughs> What? Okay, start Face over. Sorry. Hard... I started giggling. Yeah, 
I'm trying not to laugh, but it's it's impossible to. A hard torture during a dark night. Face all the hard obstacles and make it to the top. It's not going to be easy, but jump by jump, you're hopefully going to make it. Just don't fall down. Uh, it has one user review made by <laughs> Yoink Media, released October 30th, 2020. You are a very cylindrical black bean uh, jumping through what kind of looks like a Bennett Foddy style map. Okay. Is that it? Here you guys' questions. <laughs> oh, sorry. I think uh, you cut out there. Oh, sorry. Um, I guess my question is, you found, how did you find this? Because it was an editor's choice, top critic acclaim masterpiece. Mm, I actually clicked on it. What? Sorry, you, you cut out again. <laughs> so the opposite of everything I just said. I I wanted to make sure that I got some uh got some that you probably had never heard of. Okay, so I think you completely cut out that whole time. Oh really? Yeah. I have no idea Paul, what you just said. Same for you? No, you didn't cut out at all for me. Oh, okay. interesting. Well that means the listener didn't hear me. It's happening again. It's the best thing to ask on a podcast. Oh, there it goes again. Ooh, not good. That's not good. Yeah, he hasn't cut out once for me. This is weird. That is really huh. weird. All right, I'll give you the five-second Reader's Digest version of what I told Paul, and hopefully okay. it doesn't cut out. Okay. Bean Climb, a very cylindrical black bean who jumps in a Bennett Foddy-style map uh oh no <laughs> Am I still there, Curtis? Can you hear me? Nope. Mm. <laughs> you're both you're both cutting out completely. Oh no. Well, Oh, no. Oh, hello? There we go. All right. That should be better. I just disconnected, reconnected. Hopefully that's better. Cool. You at least entertained the audience while, uh, while doing so, right? I just laughed at the <laughs> failure <laughs> that is that last 30 seconds of the podcast what's the next <laughs> game let's just keep going well i can give you the reader's digest version for everyone uh paul will this will be the third time you've heard me <laughs> say this but it's the uh you're a very cylindrical black bean uh with basic kind of platforming mechanics but it kind of looks like a bennett foddy style map right and then paul asked me how i came up with these games and I told him I went to the independent tag on steam and just clicked on the last page and went backwards from there. Nice. <laughs> oh, 
All right, game number two. It's a real bummer we don't know how to edit this podcast. <laughs> well, I can if if needs be, but I think it's fine. Okay. This is like 30 seconds of it cutting out, be like, me being like, what? Huh? That's fine. <laughs> yeah, people will enjoy that probably. All right. Next on the list, hot jigsaw puzzle. Hot jigsaw puzzle? Yes. Is it, is it on fire? Is that, I will not answer that question. That hot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hot jigsaw uh, puzzle. I'm gonna say two dollars. I'm gonna say four dollars. <laughs> All right, actual retail price two ninety nine. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh! You win by one cent. One penny. <laughs> uh, this one. Probably shouldn't have included this on the list for if we want to be family friendly. <laughs> oh, okay. I knew I that's knew why it's hot. <laughs> okay. Uh, the description is Hot Jigsaw Puzzle is a collection of 60 erotic puzzles. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so there you go. I mean, to be fair, that's pretty good value, I guess. 60 of them for three bucks. <laughs> All right, well, Moving on. let's go to the next one. <laughs> uh, we have Biscuits 3. Biscuits no is spelled with two T's, by the way. That's just one word, though? Yes. Biscuits, biscuits two. 3. 3. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> this is the third Biscuits game. Okay. Exactly. Hmm. I'm sure it's gotten to at least I'm gonna say ten dollars. Also, this is this game's on sale. Okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a new release, you know, they're trying to hopefully it goes on sale. They went, Wow, this is a great biscuit game, gonna buy the first to you now. Hence <laughs> the sale when it's just coming out, so uh biscuits three is twenty dollars. Okay. The actual retail price, nineteen ninety nine. Oh yes. wow! <laughs> so, do we count the twenty dollars? Is my question. Yes. Okay. I thought because we said it's... we wouldn't. Okay, so we're not doing prices right rules. Yeah, I yeah. thought we were just getting yeah. as close as you can. Okay, then yes, Paul, you have secured a point. Whew. Uh, this one looks like it's kind of trying to copy Cuphead graphics in a way. Not as fluid as the uh, mm. the an of animation, but uh, adventure in a strange world filled with monsters. Take your magic wand and combat in a fun adventure. And it looks like you're just kind of walking around a, a world shooting stuff out of your magic wand. Do you play as a biscuit? biscuit? Uh, you're kind of like a gingerbread man character. Oh, okay, okay. That kind of biscuit. Got it. I'm pretty sure I saw that in that Great British Baking Show one time. <laughs> Where they made this game? Yeah, yeah. It was one of the challenges. 
<laughs> All right. Next game. Let's go with Day of the Dead Solitaire Collection. What? Wait, say that again. Day of the Dead Solitaire okay, Collection. It is Day of the Dead. Okay. Yes. Day of the Dead Solitaire Collection. Wait, how many more games do we have? We can stop as many as much as you want. I think I've got nine on here. Okay. I just need to know when to use my next sale guess. So oh, all. I see. Yeah, yeah. Um, Paul, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> what a tactic. Uh, this is on sale. Okay. And it is $11. All right. Yeah, I'll go with seven ninety nine. So $8, okay. basically. But seven ninety nine, just to be sure. All right. The actual retail price, nine ninety nine. dollars uh, Wait, you said that. So that, I mean, I get it, right? Yeah, you're one cent closer. Gosh dang it. <laughs> I should have said $8. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh... I don't think I'm going to need to look that one up, right? It seems yeah. self-explanatory right. in the so title. It was $11? $9.99. Nine ninety-nine. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. And Paul guessed 11 Gotcha. All right. Um, let's go with... Wait, where's my lunch? <laughs> <laughs> Is this uh, in the same genre as the uh, mom hid my game? I see that one on sale randomly for some reason. And I don't know why I always see it. <laughs> it sounds like it's a similar game. I will give you a hint and say no. Okay. <laughs> okay, say the title again. Wait, where's my lunch? <laughs> Remember, you can't ask me about punctuation at any time. <laughs> Wait, where's my lunch? Uh, this is four dollars. All right. Mm. Like that's a good guess. Um, let's go with. Seven dollars. Actual retail price, free to play. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so Paul, oh, you received another point. What is it now? Like four to one. Currently, yes. <laughs> um, but, hey. but remember, you still got some sales to use. Yeah, these could change any. Oh my gosh. Uh, I have no idea how to describe what this game is, but <laughs> it's got some of those like creepy graphics. It looks like that one that was popular online for a while where the teacher has the ruler and is following you. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I and you have, have to do like, math. Yeah, that's the one. Math, I yeah. don't remember what it's called. Uh, wait, where's my lunch? 
is an over-the-top stealth adventure game from Magic Dragon Studios. Follow Bryce while he embarks on an important quest in the middle of a world-ending apocalypse. What is his quest? To find the most important survival item, his lunch. <laughs> I mean, if you don't eat, you have problems. <laughs> um, all right. Attack of the Mecha Donk, the ultimate donkey. <laughs> Whoa. Attack of the Mecha Donk. <laughs> Oh, this this is a premium sixty dollar experience. For <laughs> Attack of the Mechadon. I'll say twenty dollars. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna say eight. All right. Actual retail price ninety nine cents. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's this is a old school side-scrolling shoot 'em up and you're just a donkey, but it looks more like a horse, and you're, it looks like you're just shooting planes out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> but the video does say cool graphics, so... <laughs> cool graphics. <laughs> yeah. All right. Current score, 5-1. to one. Paul <laughs> in the lead. Um... All right, Snowman Saves Christmas. Real quick, I'm going to be really mad if that donkey game is one of the ones on sale. Just saying. Okay, moving on. It's on sale for like 79 cents. 10% off. Okay, so you said uh, Snowman S Saves Christmas? Yes, Snowman Saves Christmas. Snowman saves. Oh, man, it can't be more than like five bucks. Like, it doesn't. I'm gonna say three dollars. Going for it. All right. I'm gonna say four ninety nine. All right. Actual retail price three ninety nine. Uh. <laughs> Wait, what Here's... is? Curtis, Curtis gets it, right? I said $3. Yeah, he's yeah. closer by you one cent. That's always the one penny. <laughs> All right, we got two more. A Ninja in Training is the next one. Oh, by the way, Snowman Saves Christmas is a... Just like a a one screen platformer, it looks like. Nice. <laughs> cool. Similar to like a I don't know what it's similar to. Like Mario if you Brothers. Look at it, you see. Like way back in the day. Yeah, a little more elaborate than that though. Alright. A ninja in training. Ninja in training. Uh, $5. Well, this sounds like it could be taking itself pretty seriously. I'm going to say twelve ninety nine. 
Oh, All right. this one's on sale, by the way. <laughs> Curtis has locked in his second sale vote. Um, a ninja in training, actual retail price fourteen ninety nine. Oh yes. <laughs> You're so you're good at this game, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> uh, uh, this one is 30 stages of 3D platforms, earnable medals, fast pass, fast paced action. And it's just like a first person view running platforming game. Mm. All right, last one. Squares Rage. <laughs> okay now i do have to ask about punctuation is it square apostrophe s or square s apostrophe it is square apostrophe s okay so it's one square that is angry he's very yes. mad but <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually before you answer I will tell you what the description is beforehand on this one. <laughs> okay. Have you ever played a game that is so fun, but it is also so infuriating that you wanted to throw your keyboard against the wall? <laughs> Squares Rage is one of those. You have been warned. But that's that it. Is the that's official the description. Yes. This game's really hard, but it's really fun. Uh, this is 79 cents on sale. Okay. Paul is locked in his second on sale. Wait, is that the sale price or the retail price? That's retail the sale price. price. Retail. No, no, no. You have to guess the retail price, the sale price. Uh, oh, the retail price is 99 cents. Okay. Okay. That was going to be my guess. Okay, I'll say 199. Actual retail price, 199. Whoa! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Does it get two points for doing the exact? Uh, sure. He will still lose. <laughs> I'll still lose. <laughs> <laughs> but did any of you get the sale? No. The two games on sale. One you none guessed. One someone did guess. Oh. Uh, the one that no one guessed was Snowman Saves Christmas. <laughs> Why is that on sale? It's January. <laughs> <laughs> It's three ninety nine, but it's on sale for ninety nine cents right now. It's a good deal. All those digital collectors out there, take note. <laughs> uh, the th other game on sale, Biscuits Three. <sighs> yeah, so, Curtis you got it. You have got that. Paul has lost one point, making the final score five to four. <laughs> so close. See, that came out pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> with my extra point at the and end. that four coming from uh, exact exact guess on Squares Rage <laughs> oh man so which one of these are we all buying and reviewing this week <laughs> <laughs> if we don't want to spend any money we could do wait where's my lunch <laughs> wait, where's my lunch <laughs> or we could jump on that snowman saves Christmas deal yeah but if we want to have so much fun, but also be so infuriated <laughs> that we throw our keyboard against the wall. We might have to go with Square's Rage. Square's Rage. Which I don't exactly know what's going on in this game. <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. 
squares. Is this like the, uh, I remember, see, where did I see this game? It was called, I think it's just called the impossible game. And all it is, is like a, it's like an auto runner kind of thing that you're just a square that you just like tap the screen or push the button or whatever to jump. <laughs> and there's just like triangles. You got to jump over the triangles. That's pretty much it. Oh, I think I did see that one. I remember when that one was going around. Uh, a shout out to the minimum specs on Square's Rage. <laughs> Graphics. Nothing fancy. The game's artwork is composed of pixel art in a classic 8-bit style. Sound card. Any. Processor. Pretty much any processor will do. Additional, <laughs> additional notes. Keyboard and mouse only. You do not need excellent computer specs to play this by any means. Anyone can play. <laughs> <laughs> some, some real technical uh, specs there thanks but of course operating system xp question mark don't don't use xp who still uses that <laughs> <laughs> oh man three user reviews huh? square switch Ooh, there's a demo <laughs> and they have dlc you have a monocle <laughs> <laughs> and you could cry. <laughs> well, maybe we'll all have to get it. We could buy the uh, the developer pack as well. It's not even the six. Doesn't look like it was okay. Wait, this doesn't have an apostrophe. Am on the? Am I on the right? No, you're on no. the right one. I might have. Uh... No, no, this is it copied it wrong i give you false information Whoa. paul you lose one point for that <laughs> you guys tied <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> this does not look like uh pixel art it looks like someone made it in microsoft paint on windows xp wow. it's, it's nothing fancy <laughs> any processor will do yeah so that's Prepare. part of the rage-inducing uh, science that they've implemented in this game. I like the in the about section. Prepare your cheapest keyboard for this game too. You'll probably be throwing it across the room after dying so many times. <laughs> uh, one, of the, one of the screenshots says, "Wait, this is exactly the same as level five, or is it? <laughs> or is it?" Well, I can't wait for everyone's one thing next week when we've all, we all talked mastered about Square's Rage. Square's Rage. <laughs> the best part uh, is that uh, the square is like happy. Just <laughs> Not enraged at all. Yeah, the square is fine. You're the one that is enraged. <laughs> oh, that makes sense then. There's, oh there's no, I have become there. the square in this process. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out the real square was the rage we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, shout out to the to the shout out to the creator of Squares Rage. If you want to be on the podcast, please email us. Yeah. In all honesty. I can't make any video game at all whatsoever. So shout out to <laughs> to uh let's see, AJ made this is the developer, it looks like. So shout out to AJ. 
No doubt. DJ. You're published on Steam. Well, I think that about does it. Thank you for uh, indulging in The Price is Independently Right. <laughs> hey, that's a great game. We could definitely revisit that <laughs> oh, one. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think that does it for this episode of Chance Time. Uh, as always, thanks for coming to see James. Thanks for coming to see James. <laughs>